Welcome to the Trashbin Kids Podcast. We're your hosts, Damian Rivera and Jackie, a.k.a. Baby J. Join us every week as we pour over the media that warped our minds and molded us into the upstanding mutant citizens we are today. We'll pick apart old favorites, current obsessions, and all the glorious trash in between. On this episode, we're going to be discussing our baby mutant milestones. Those pivotal moments, those special finds that rocket us into the nerdosphere. I don't know how to say rocketed. Rocktade. Rocktade. <laughs> so I think this is a great way for you and I to start the podcast because it gives the listeners a chance to get to know us a bit and maybe like Damien and I can learn some new things about each other. I agree. I'm doing a lot of fidgeting right now, but it's only because I'm excited. Uh, the little track thing here is giving me anxiety. And well, I'm ready. I have all the nervous energy. I'm ready to give it all to you. Well, don't look at the track thing. Just, you know, close your eyes and just think back on little baby Damien. I can see it. I can see it now. How did baby Damien become the big boy Damien he is today? Well, little big boy Damien started a long time ago. Uh, there's a lot of stuff that kind of brought me here. I'm, I'm an artist, so there was a lot of things that kind of uh, influenced me in that way in terms of being the kind of cornerstones of how I make like making art and how I continue to sort of like view art mm-hmm. so there's a lot there I know you have a lot too you come from a little bit of a different background my dad was a bit of a nerd mm-hmm. um, and he's also an artist so I sort of grew up already surrounded by like a lot of nerd dumb uh, he was a bit of a Trekkie and like I said he used to draw a lot of his favorite characters so I would see drawings of the Predator which kind of scared me when I was yeah. a little girl I remember you saying it was life size right? It was a huge was like a ink predator. drawing that took him forever and he hung it up on the wall because he was so proud of it but at night when like you would turn the lights off I would be so creeped out by it because yeah. it was scary. <laughs> it's funny when you're little the things that um, or when you're younger the things that kind of scare you you sort of become infatuated with them as you know when you become an adult yeah i find at least like that was the kind of the things that you obsess about is the things that you kind of uh disturbed you as a kid or you know didn't maybe the first go around uh you know was not kick your fight or flight response kicked in when you saw yeah as uh damien likes to say i just uh i'm constantly mode you're constantly in prey mode yeah yeah constantly in flight response so (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that was my childhood. Um, so, like I said, my dad was a huge nerd, and that's sort of how we bonded. My dad basically spoke to me in movie quotes when I was little, and he would always almost like quiz me to see if I knew what movie it was from. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I remember uh, pretty well, not super early on in our relationship, but it's kind of early on. We were watching The Warriors, and you were sort of just like. <laughs> And, like, I hadn't seen The Warriors in, like, forever. Oh, it's the intro. The intro, which is... Can you count suckers? Oh, I love that movie. It was that, but then it was also, like, you know, just some random scene where some dude kind of just, like, slides in. And, like, they kind of just look at each other and you just go, they blew it. (laughs) I was like, what? And then the character character online, on the, not online, on the screen goes... They blew it. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, wow, you literally have every line memorized. Yeah. Uh, yep, that's me. I will memorize lines from movies um, before I memorize, like, actors. You'll see that as we go forward in this podcast. I don't remember names. I don't remember dates. So I'm going to have to do a lot of research before I do anything. And I, yes, have to do a bit of research for this first podcast because when I started to think back on one of the first uh, forms of media stuck out to me from my youth, I couldn't remember anything except for the visual impact Mm -hmm. that it had on me. I couldn't remember names. But to be fair, I was way too young to be watching this particular, yeah, this particular thing. Yeah, I I, I think... Um, that's pretty common with kids is obviously as a kid, you're sort of more susceptible to sort of visual stimuli. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like when, when I was little, I remember my uh, mom, I think it might've been a graduation present for going from kindergarten to first grade, maybe or first to second grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. She had gotten me a Wolverine, like this giant vinyl Wolverine action figure. Oh, that's nice. But at the time, I wasn't really into comic books. Like, I didn't know what Wolverine was. So I just named him Rafa. Rafa? Rafa. 
And, like, I didn't have any clue, like, what Wolverine was, who this character was. So, you know, it was just... But the the figure itself was, like, fucking cool. It was, like, this 16-inch uh, vinyl Wolverine with, like, a removable mask and everything. Oh, wow. So it was, like, you know... But just to your point, like, as a kid, it's, like, the visual stimuli that, like, hooks you in, you know? like And then as you get older, you kind of get hung up on, like, names and that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's that's very true. Um, that's kind of why cartoons are so bright and colorful and, um, you know, all the characters' facial features are so exaggerated. It's because when we're young, we don't fully understand, like, the plot lines of things that are going on or or all those kind of things. But we do understand color and we do understand expression, big eyes, big grinning mouths. Like, that's, like, kind of the first thing we learn as children. So it's, like, it makes sense that... Um, cartoons would sort of focus on that and then we'd get so hung up on it as children um but i don't know do you want to sort of jump into like any specifics do you want to talk about like maybe your first big milestone uh no i'm good <laughs> oh okay <laughs> episode's over no um thank yeah, you for listening I mean, bye-bye <laughs> yeah i mean i mean uh yeah i mean yes yes please Okay. Let me. Yes, do it. I would love I'm nothing ready. more. I'm ready to hear one of your first milestones, and then maybe I can jump in and yeah. say something. So uh, the earliest memory that I have of becoming like visually obs- obsessed with something uh, would definitely be the Ninja Turtles animated cartoon. I didn't know this, but supposedly it came out in 1987. So I was born in 1989, so at that point it had already been out for two years. So I guess it had been around for a while by the time I started kind of like religiously getting into it. You Um, mean the cartoon itself or just like Ninja Turtles as a whole? Because I know that the comic, or I think I know, that the comic started because they just wanted to like sell these toys, right? Well, it was so that's <laughs> that's a little bit different. The the mm-hmm. comic actually came about a few years prior to the cartoon. To the cartoon, uh, it was started by Eastman and Laird. And uh, what I like about their story is that their the Ninja Turtles started as uh, fuckery that was never put in check. <laughs> okay. So it was started, at, and everybody knows. Like this is kind of a like if you're into comics or whatever, this isn't like mind breaking. So I'm not like super like knowledgeable about this but but he's also talking from like his memory right now <laughs> like he's pulling names and dates from his memory so, so i'm super impressed already no, but I mean, go on <laughs> so they essentially they started the ninja turtles as a, a parody of um daredevil okay so you know for instance the foot clan from yeah. ninja turtle from it, ninja turtles is the hand from daredevil from yeah. daredevil master stick and daredevil is master splinter the whole idea of like ninja so they you know they started it kind of as a as a parody of daredevil which mm-hmm. I love because it was just like, uh, you know, it was just a joke that went too far and like never got <laughs> reeled in. You know? Like this podcast is a joke that's gone too far. Exactly. Already. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, so it wasn't really started to to make to, to sell toys the way a lot of um, those cartoons at the time were. Okay. So I was wrong. <laughs> uh, that's okay. We're here to learn. We were starting off we're here, great. <laughs> we're here to learn. We're here to learn. Make love. Make art. Okay. Well, maybe not make love. Maybe not on this podcast. Not we'll on the air. We'll have to wait a couple of podcasts for that, I think. Not, or an OnlyFans page. Not on the air. Not Trash for kids OnlyFans page <laughs> oh, coming, coming TB, to you live TB, 2021. TBKOF. <laughs> um, uh, so, okay. So, so yeah. So 1980. It, was 19- it came out in 1987. Okay. So, it had already been around for, uh, for a few years. But, like, to your point in terms of, like, was it the cartoon or like the all-encompassing kind of uh, expanded universe or whatever? Because it was like all over the place, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, I think it was the two main things were the cartoon and the toys, and that sort of taught me uh, the the importance. Not taught me, but it was the first time I paid attention to like character design in terms of these creations. It was you know the cartoon was sick, but I think that the toys were so much more awesome. Um, just all the little details that they had within the toys, especially as the line kind the, the toy line sort of developed because eventually they were like oh what else can we do with the ninja turtles oh we'll make them cowboys oh we'll put them in space oh we'll be uh cavemen whatever it was and the sculpts were always so on point and it gave those figures so much personality and so much character and it really kind of pushed uh pushed it forward creatively which you don't you know in the 90s you'd have like a batman toy and it'd be like batman and then for some reason there's like oh aquatic batman and like he's blue or whatever (laughs) yeah Yeah, so i think that it was that constant sort of recontextualizing of like okay this is Raphael, basic but then it's like Raphael, you know as a baseball player or Raphael as a samurai or whatever that to me i don't don't know it did something to me as a kid where it was like seeing this the repetition but it was something that was like slightly changed or tweaked as it kind of went on 
but still familiar with something that like at the time I was really into and I think that that's kind of stuck with me uh now like in terms of like your personal art style or in ter- just in your taste in general uh my, my taste in general to a certain degree because it does annoy me kind of you have a lot of people that um you know it's they'll make some type of character a lot mm-hmm. of artists will create a character and then it's like they sort of just draw this character ad nauseum but they don't really develop it or put it in different situations wherever where i think that like that original toy line was successful in that mm-hmm. so that i really you know that kind of stuck with me as a kid and then um when you saw the cartoon the cartoon the cartoon was different it was just that was sort of like the entryway so you know that of course you had all the mutants uh you know the turtles themselves all the mutants that they fought shredder all that so that was that was interesting um this also reminds me like not to interrupt you but when i was young i was a huge fan of the teenage ninja okay so i can't say ninja right i've done this since i was a little kid instead of saying ninja with an n i say ninja with an Ninja. M as in Mary, and I still make that mistake today. But I was super the, obsessed the, the, with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. But the second one, mm-hmm. um, like, The Secret of the Ooze. You like that one better? I was exposed to that one first for whatever the reason was. Mm-hmm. I had the VHS tape, but I was so obsessed with that film when I was little. I used to love that stupid Vanilla Ice song at oh, the yeah. end where they're doing like their little go, dance. Ninja, go, go ninja go yes i loved it so did your whole love for that movie anchor was it anchored by that vanilla that that van- vanilla ice cameo i mean i'm all about a diddle a ditty Ooh, a diddle. About a oh a diddle i'm all about like a fun little melody a little song and dance but i don't know i think the first film now that i've watched it as a a grown child grown-up mm. child <laughs> It's very serious in comparison. The first one. The first one is very serious. The first one is pretty dark. Where, like, they almost kill Shredder and, like... Yeah, and then the second one was more fun, and, of course, you have the introduction of the two... Token Razor. Yeah, Token Razor, who are fun and a little bit creepy, and, again, I was, like, a super big scaredy cat when i was little so i was like oh this is kind of scary but i'm also like i can't stop looking i can't stop watching this and of course like the turtles went out in the end so it's like a happy ending and i'm okay but yeah um i was never as obsessed with the cartoon when i was little Mm. but i was super obsessed with that film in particular and then turtles in time which is not as great yeah just visually you played on sega you have it on sega huh turtles in time you played it on Sega? Yeah. Oh, Turtles in Time, the movie. That too. But I, I used to have it on the Sega. Oh, I thought you were talking... Were you talking about the movie? I was talking about game? the movie. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Turtles in Time Nintendo, Super no, Nintendo No, I mean, that's also great. <laughs> I play it every time I go to Barcade, okay. but I'm talking about yeah, the, the movie, movie the which Not a lot they of people... departed away from like the original designs yeah. of the Turtles and stuff like that, and there's a lot to, left to be desired. A lot of people don't but like the third Sunrise. One. Yeah. So, See, I like, Yeah, I liked it for that reason. Because it had, like... And got, it, it goes back the, to what you were talking about. You got about. The, the ninja and ninja turtles. Yeah, but it goes back to what you were talking about mm-hmm. when you were saying that the toys would... You know, you'd have a Raphael or a, Michael, a Michelangelo or any of the characters but then you'd like put a cowboy hat on them so it goes back to that where it's like now they're samurai so they have the little helmets and yeah. they, they do that it was i think it was such a dope fucking look like it, it just it made sense you know or it was like oh they're ninjas i mean it doesn't make sense because they're samurais in the movie <laughs> but as a little too. kid you know you're born racist so you're like oh ninjas are the same thing you know, oh you're whatever. born racist. everybody's born. oh god so you know whatever it, it was it was a good look uh, and it made sense as a kid. I was like, oh, this... And it, at that time, the toys had already, like, exploded. So it was like, oh, this is another thing that's, like... Visually, in the movie, it's, like, matching what I'm seeing in the figures, yeah. you know? That must have, like... And they made also... You jizz, jizz your pants a bit. I did. Okay. <laughs> and then at the time, at the, by that point, I, it was probably all also just, like, a ploy to... It had, Ninja Turtles had already exploded. Mm-hmm. So at that point, it was also probably just a, a thing to make toys at, at that point. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean it's like a what is it like what comes first the chicken or the egg you never really know 
Um, during the late 80s to early 90s, um, that was basically uh, the thing. Like, it's either you're trying to sell a toy, and then you create a cartoon to then sell that toy, or yeah. the cartoon's here now, so let's sell as many toys as we possibly can. Yeah, which I never understood, because I feel like it would be way more expensive to just, like, we're going to try to sell these toys, let's make a cartoon. Like, I feel like, because um, I don't think, I don't know if at that point they were outsourcing stuff to, like, Korea, like, at that particular time in animation yet, or... They might have been, but I feel like it's way more expensive to, like, let's make an animated series to sell this toy line. Well, I think it sort of guarantees sales, don't you think? Um, Because, you know, kids, you know, you want to take your kids to the toy store and they might visually be drawn to the toy and they might buy it. Yeah. But a kid who goes into a toy store already familiar with the characters, that's, a, that's already, like, a guaranteed sale. This kid is going to want it no yeah. matter what. True. You know? True. That might, it's funny, uh, you know, just talking about the sales or whatever, but my mom was probably ahead of the time. She would buy me, like, any Ninja Turtle toy I wanted. Mm-hmm. Which hasn't changed. It hasn't changed. My mom <laughs> still buys me Ninja Turtle toys. But when I was I was a kid, my mom was like, it was like Beanie Babies before Beanie Babies. Mm-hmm. So she was like, I'm going to buy you every single Ninja Turtle toy because these are going to be worth something someday. Okay. And I still have a giant case of them, but I used to, like, there was this kid that I went to school with when I was, like, in first or second grade. But uh, this... I used to do like toy trades with this kid. I traded him. Uh, they did a Universal Monsters line, so it was Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, and like one other one. Oh, the Invisible Man, I think it might have been. Mm-hmm. But uh, they had a Leonardo that was the Wolfman, and he had glow in the dark teeth and glow in the dark eyes and stuff like that. And I traded it to this fucking shyster when I was in second grade. <laughs> And he traded me a bendy Magneto, like a, a bendy Magneto toy. And my mom. That is such a poor trade. I know. I don't, at the oh time, you know God. what it was? At the, at the time, I was super into X Men because the X Men animated series was out. Yeah. So I traded it to him, and my mom was like really upset that I like broke up the set. Yeah, because I, I had too. every single one. Wow. I think the only one I didn't have was the April O'Neil because I think April O'Neil might have been Bride of Frankenstein. I think. Yeah, I, I did that weak ass trade. He he cucked me hard. Okay, well, I am angry with you now just hearing this story. But a That's few years such ago, a bad trade. But oh a few God. years ago, my sister for Christmas bought me a mint on card uh, Leonardo. So the one that I originally gave away, uh-huh. she bought it for me, like mint on card for Christmas. Oh, I still shit. have it in a box, so that was probably expensive. Uh, your family swoops in again <laughs> to save you from yourself. Yeah. <laughs> So that's great. Uh, I like hearing about your Ninja Turtle uh, obsession. Yeah. Um, briefly, heavy, I heavy. have I have a feeling that we'll probably be discussing Ninja Turtles again at some point in the future. Probably. That is for another time. Yeah. So, like, what for you, right? What was one of the first things that, like, in your you remember as like being the sort of standout thing where you became like fully like oh, like you you sort of like it's just burned into your memory like this art is just. Also, there's not, like, one specific moment. It was more like a lot of little things that sort of led up to... Like snowball effect. Kind of. Yeah, it's a snowball effect. So I sort of had to, like, dig deep and remember <laughs> little Jackie. And one of the things that I discussed earlier was that, like, my dad was really big into movies. And, you know, we used it as a form of, like, bonding, communication. And every Tuesday, which I guess that's, like, the magical day for releasing of the newest films yeah he'd come home with a new like vhs tape and then later on like dvd mm-hmm. of whatever animated movie was new like he didn't know what the plot line was or anything he's just like oh this is new it I looks like know. a cartoon here we go yeah. and we'd sit down after dinner and like watch it together and it was like a whole like thing it was a ritual it was great did you guys ever go crazy for like remember they had the disney vault no because do you, you don't remember the or i remember like, the disney vault but you know we weren't collectors like that yeah. at least at the time like we had a big vhs collection like yeah. you know his stuff and then like mine grew but it was never like oh we have to get this before they close it in the disney like, vault yeah, forever <laughs> Yeah, they had the, the fucking, um, you know, released from the Disney vault, the aristocrats. Yeah. And then it would be like, is... you only had like, whatever, a few weeks to buy it before they like, shoved the aristocrats back up their ass and like, you know, sort of. Which is so you stupid. You never saw it again. It's such a. Now it's all on Disney Plus. Yeah. Disney Plus, sponsor us. Don't sponsor us. I don't, we don't talk about Disney Plus in this household. Um, but. So, yeah, so every Tuesday. Every Tuesday we'd watch um, whatever the latest Disney movie was. And that's all I was exposed to for the first half of my life was just like, you know, Disney stuff. So it's like colorful, 
you know, princesses and magic and mm-hmm. songs and everything was like real innocent. But once I learned how to use the VCR in my house, which I probably learned how to use before I could properly, I don't know, make words, right. full sentences, I should say. But I'm still learning how to do that clearly. Um, I stumbled upon one of my dad's VHS tapes, which just happened to be an anime called Bio Booster Armor Giver. Mm, Um, I don't know if you're familiar with it. I've never seen that before. I know that there's a live action movie with Mark Hamill that looks pretty gnarly, (laughs) but I've never, I've never, I've heard of the anime, but I've never seen it. Yeah. So, um, apparently it was a manga. Mm-hmm before um it was an anime and it was made by yoshiki takaya and actually made into two series so the one that my dad owned was he owned two vhs tapes Hmm. um and there was two episodes on each vhs each vhs each vhs tape (laughs) and they were the original english dubbed ovas Mm-hmm. So it was a sh- it was a show, not a movie, not like a feature. No, movie. what I saw was the OVA. So um, an OVA is a, the original video animation. That's what it stands for. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's a series that never broadcast on television. In- so it was made straight to video, like mm-hmm. okay. a bad Disney sequel that nobody asked for. Right. Right. Um, and this series was a shortened, more condensed, more simplified version of the manga. Mm. So it didn't follow it to a T. But basically, it's a story about this kid named Sho who stumbles upon this like alien booster armor. Yeah. And it merges with him. Um, and he finds it because these zoonoids. See, already, I'm just speaking in another language. Can you imagine, like, a three-year-old kid watching this shit? Zoids. Zoonoids. Zoonoids. Yeah, zoonoids. These, um... Was like, aliens? They're, like, creatures who are... Like, they're humans who are, like, fused with other creatures to create, like, a monster. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's... It's a lot of hooey right. and anime nonsense. <laughs> but... So, yeah, that's what it's about. So, basically, the zoonoids escape this, like, evil Kronos Corporation... Mm-hmm. And they take uh, the bio boosters with them. This little like high school kid, probably middle schooler, because Japanese people love to like put, you know, fresh fourteen year olds in the midst of like danger or just combat. And, yeah, like, combat and danger. Body horror. Yeah, exactly. And then, um, so the the boost armor fuses with this kid, and basically the rest of the show is like the zoonoids that are being used by the corporation going after the kid so that they can get the armor back. And this armor makes this kid, like, super strong. There's a bunch of random nonsense. Have you ever seen Austin Powers? <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, like, this booster armor, like, mm. he shoots, like, blasts out of his boobies, out of his, like, man boobies. Like, he just, wow. like, rips them open and they just, like, like that's got, one of the visuals. He's got titty cannons. Yeah, titty cannons, exactly. And like, that that's... was your sex head. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Um, But this was was like one of the first things i remember i was like oh my god like guyver i remember watching that as a kid right. and being really confused and it's just like he literally like ripped his chest open right. and like two cannons would release from his like alien booby things right and so also, it, was, it was two so it was two cannons yeah it was like two one, yeah he just like ripped one his chest per, open one per, one per titty um and there was lots of violence there were limbs there was blood um the art style was super gritty and dark it wasn't colorful like a disney movie yeah I was grossed out. I was confused. I was intrigued, though, mm. because it really did um, leave an impression on me, and it sort of prepared me for like my next leap into the right. nerd life in the fast lane. Life in the fast. Take lane. Take off the so, training yeah, wheels. Yeah, take it off. So I'd been introduced to like Disney stuff, which was like super fun, innocent. And then I was thrust into the Giver, which T- was Titty Cannon Land. Titty Cannon Land, exactly. <laughs> Did you have like questions like when after you saw that? Or I you had just, like, so many questions, but Mom. I knew when I was watching it that I wasn't supposed to be watching it. <laughs> and nobody was like watching me. Yeah. I was an only child. My mom was like, oh, she knows how to use the VCR now. Have at it. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could have also just like thrown your dad under the bus and been like, oh, it's not mine. It's dad. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think there was like actual titties, though. No I don't titties. think there was any na- nudity. But, no, no nudity. Um. So, yeah, so I had, like, these two drastically different animation uh, styles that I was witnessing. Mm-hmm. And I kind of knew that I wanted more than just a Disney romp, but I wanted a little less than Titty Cannons. <laughs> so 
I then stumbled upon a little show called Sailor Moon in 1998. Oh, yeah. That's a big one for me. I used to watch Sailor Moon, too, as a kid. Which is really crazy, right? Because Sailor Moon was definitely marketed towards little girls. It was like Power Rangers, but for girls. I guess. guess, Yeah, I guess. I mean, because by by the time it came out here, it had already been around like 10 or 15 years in Japan, right? I think, or something, right? Um, It was older than... Well, its original uh, broadcast in America slash Canada was actually a little bit earlier in 1995, but it was only shown in the wee hours of the morning or like after midnight, which was like, what kid is watching it at that time? But But in Japan, it had already been out for a while, right? Yes, it was already out at least for 10 years because... um, you know the the toy uh, industry was booming for Sailor Moon in Japan. Yeah, the manga had already been out in in, in the eighties, and that's what the, the original 80s. animated series what stemmed from. I mean, obviously it went off the rails and it went its own way, but yeah, yeah so it already been out. It was an already established hit in Japan. Yeah, so I don't know if it if it was weird that it appealed to like yeah, it's marketed towards girls. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I always felt like I was kind of just anything that looked cool was like kind of my jam. So yeah. I think at the time I didn't really see it as like, oh, this is for boys, this is for girls, mm-hmm. you know. But I also like I, my I never I, like my upbringing. I was never really like, oh, that's or, or my parents or whoever was where ne- they were never like, oh, this is a girl's toy, this is a boy's toy, whatever. Yeah. Like when I was a kid, I used to play with Polly Pockets, and like they would <laughs> like yeah, I was really into Mad Max. You you know Mad Max? Mm. No, not Mad Max. I'm sorry, Mighty Max. Mighty Max. Mighty Max. Yes, I was I into Mighty that. Max. So like. To me, it was like Polly Pockets was just like another version of that where it was like, you know, again, the recontextualization where it's like you have this fucked up monster world and then you have like this chick with like her, you know, Malibu house or whatever. Yeah. That's kind of the same. That's the same thing. So that's why I think for Sailor Moon, I was into it because like, like you said, like you mentioned Power Rangers before. It's like I was into Power Rangers. So I think it was just an animated version of that, you know, a natural like transition from one to the other. But Sailor Moon was tight, yeah. I loved it because, again, it had that grittier art style that Guyver had. Mm-hmm. And it had, like, cool creatures. Like, you know, every episode they'd fight some kind of creature from the Negaverse or yeah. the Dark Moon Kingdom or whatever saga you're up to. There's a bunch of them. But they had, like, their cool creatures. But, you know, it was for, for children, so there wasn't, like, intense violence. It wasn't scary. Mm. Um, even though the English dub... The that was shown on Toonami was the Deke edit. Mm-hmm. So um, Deke is a company from, I believe, Canada that they mm-hmm. worked on dubbing and editing everything. So they took out a lot of the violence and a lot of the darker scenes in the original American Canadian yeah. version. And uh, the Japanese one had way more violence. It had way more dark themes. It had that. like outlines of nudity, especially during like the transformation sequences. Yeah. I... For those of you who don't know, and if you don't know, what is wrong with you? But Sailor Moon is a magical girl. So basically, you know, she's a normal teenager by day. Mm-hmm. And then she uses a transformation pen or locket, and then she turns into Sailor Moon. And during those transformation sequences that were beautifully animated, mm-hmm. I don't give a fuck what nobody says, there was, like, outlines of, like, a butt and a boob and, like, a tushy. Right. And right. they would edit them out for the American version. They, they, they the, Americans, the Americans cannot know that women have breasts. Breasts and butts um but they were also young but anyway didn't they also, they also had a, a like a lesbian like they took out a lot of the lesbian stuff okay right? so the american version changed names they americanized names so yusagi Tsukino mm-hmm. became Ser- serena Tsukino. mamuro chiba who's you know tuxedo mask became darian like they they edited names they they took out lesbians. They just just took them away. Lesbian erasure. They made lesbians into cousins. Lesbian cousins. Lesbians into cousins. It was special friends that they bring over on Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was like it was just a mess. But basically, the American company Deke was a bunch of pussies, and they didn't think people were ready for it. Mm-hmm. They just really wanted to market it to like young little girls. Yeah. Um. Which the original series was towards an older crowd. Like, yes, Serena was always a crybaby and she was a young girl, but they were always dealing with more serious Mm -hmm. things. And I like that. And I think that Sailor Moon is my big uh, 
moment, yeah. my big nerd moment, because it made me want to explore different facets of myself that I didn't explore before. So for instance, like my dad was an artist and I was always intrigued by art and I would draw every kid, you know, picks up a pencil, scribbles, colors, all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't mm-hmm. until watching Sailor Moon that I was like, oh, I want to draw. I want to create these characters. I'm going to draw them until they're perfect. I want to draw those big anime eyes and the crazy hair. Uh, And then drawing eventually went to me writing stories. And some of the most Mm. early things that I ever wrote was like Sailor Moon fan fiction. Sailor Moon fanfic? (laughs) Yeah. Hell yeah. Fanfiction.net. Did you use the the Japanese names in your fanfiction? Well, at the time, I didn't know them. Oh, okay. I only knew the English ones. It wasn't until I was older that I realized um that there was more to it than just what was available to me on toonami so like i eventually got into the manga and Mm. then as an adult i rewatched the original like japanese unedited not dubbed version right version undubbed versions yes undubbed versions a podcast coming to you 2021 (laughs) i just would write based on my favorite characters so my favorite character is not actually sailor moon sailor pluto who doesn't come in until the second arc but she's a boss. Do you remember any of your uh, fanfic? Um, I used to write a like, fanfic. Any of the stories or anything? I remember writing a fanfic with Sailor Pluto specifically where, um, well, if you've seen the show, spoiler alert, at some point Sailor Pluto dies because she mm. uses her uh, one of her special moves, which stops time. Which she's not supposed to do, and then she dies in like a helicopter crash. It's all very anime. (laughs) She stops time too hard. And so what I did was I created like Sailor Pluto point two. Mm -hmm. Was it the same Sailor Pluto? It's basically like in my fan fiction, the vague details that I remember uh, was that it was basically like sort of like a clone, but like a step up. So it was like (laughs) using Sailor Pluto's original DNA. But creating like a whole new Sailor Pluto. Whole Sailor Pluto. So instead of like having like, it's hard to like describe it for our listeners who are not seeing it. Mm-hmm. But she had like long green hair and like a bun on top of her head. Mm-hmm. So like my version of her, she had like two buns on top of her head and her hair to was let you shorter. Kn- to let you know. Yes, yeah, let you know. Twice, that she's twice. She's 2.0. She's twice the Sailor she's Pluto that Sailor the original Pluto. was. So she had magical girl powers. She was immune to helicopter crashes. Yes, immune to helicopter crashes. <laughs> and um. I don't remember the intimate details, but I do remember just like being inspired to want to create. And yeah. I think I think that is like a great example of like this mutant baby milestone that we're talking about. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, all that stuff is still kind of in our DNA, you know, as far as being like creative people, mm-hmm. you can never really forget the things that have kind of sort of branded themselves in your head, you know, when you were at that young impressionable age mm-hmm. um for me one of the things of course was going to be ren and stimpy oh yes that's a big one for time. you <laughs> yeah that was like i think one time i was talking to somebody about my own personal artwork and i mentioned ren and stimpy and like before i could like say anything else or just like oh yeah that makes sense <laughs> well ren and stimpy has such a distinct style not only visually but also for the cartoon for the cartoon yeah uh the whole thing ren and stimpy it was actually uh is created by john k who is this the guy that i have a problem with no that's we'll, we'll, we'll get to that it's okay. in the notes All he's right. at the end yeah. there <laughs> it started by uh john k it's created by john k and it was actually one of uh three it was one of three of nickelodeon's original animation lineups which at a time where ren and stimpy dug and uh, Rugrats, which all three of those were like huge at the time, mm-hmm. you know, sort of disturbed me a little bit as a kid. Uh, the show for a cartoon, you know, you think of cartoon, you think of like, oh, bright, very like happy go lucky, whatever. But Ren and Stimpy was extremely mean spirited. Like, oh, yeah. The humor was very mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the way Ren would abuse Stimpy, like, it was almost like. Uh, idiot yeah it was very like (laughs) it got very um as a kid it made me like oh what is this like it made me a little bit scared and then like you realize later it's like oh stimpy might have actually been like retarded that you're like oh this is just like abuse of like a mentally handicapped person yeah Um, i mean not to interrupt you but i feel like fred and stimpy came at a time particularly in cartoons where cartoons began to take a shift towards the mean-spirited and like Let's watch this 
uh like for instance like cow and chicken uh yeah like those kind of where yeah. like we want to watch the main characters go through these like yeah. less than uh ideal situations get that... hit get hurt like all these bad things it, to happen yeah it was to like them. slapstick like to the extreme yeah a lot of that stuff some of that stuff came later like i know cow and chicken came out a little bit later and i wouldn't be surprised if like the people that created that were fans of uh ren and stimpy mm-hmm. i know two stupid dogs was Aww. also kind of uh not like a ripoff but it was like they took cues from that even though the, the two dogs were never like abusive to one another yeah um and then you after ren and stimpy you did see cartoons at least american cartoons getting a little bit more surreal and mm-hmm. like their humor and stuff like that so you had stuff like rago's modern life which i think that they, they might have come out very close to one another in time you know but just that like weird surreal humor like you'd have in uh i think it was it was a christmas episode or it was like meant to be like a stand-in for the holiday of christmas where mm-hmm. it was like a yak comes down y- your chimney and he instead of leaving presents he leaves you like tongue shavings or something like that <laughs> and it was all just so fucking weird as a, as you know carried on with me where it's like just surreal humor is kind of just nonsensical this weird like luigi perandello like nothing really makes sense anymore kind of humor um so yeah that's something that i kind of keep going back to the 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 foghorn stills where it was like you know it would, you just get that sound effect and it'd be like a close-up of like fucked up teeth or like an ass with just like filled with pimples and stuff yeah and just that shift where you have like the actual animation and those those stills which were like actually like fucking they were like paintings they were like very detailed yeah like paintings and i you know a lot of cartoons even today sort of uh, will use that kind of formula for that sort of effect for com- that of comedic effect i think that's called like a medium shift gag is that what it's called yeah like uh so you know you you have cons- uh not consumers wow my job there is you, peeking through you <laughs> um you have viewers um already used to one style of animation so for instance like hard lines bright colors not a lot of detail mm-hmm. like sort of like the ren and Stimpy typical style and then you do an abrupt change to the style of the artwork whether it be like you do a live action, sort of like um, SpongeBob has done that, where yeah. when they go out of the ocean, they're just they're like, like actual an actual sponges. sponge and star. Yeah. Um, but then you'll have that shift mm-hmm. to a more detailed art form that kind of obviously it's done for a purpose to yeah. give importance to that scene, but it's also to like bring people out of their comfort zones. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what that might, what you might be describing is that medium shift gag. Yeah, that, it, yeah. I mean, that, uh, I mean, that definitely had the, uh, effect, the effect <laughs> intended. Like that, yeah. It like shocked you, right? Yeah. Like it kind of grossed you out a little bit with those little pimples, those gross teeth, but yeah. it, you know, it and, pulled you in, yeah. you. And again, it goes back to that whole like recontextualization where it's like, oh, it's like I'm watching this show and then it's like, oh, this is, there's actually like more to this world. Like, look at this, like, look at Stimpy's like, heinous ass you know? <laughs> yeah um yeah and i was reading uh in an interview that uh when john k was giving people like uh it's not called keyframes i forget what it's called but it's like you know stimpy has to be this many heads high i guess key key animation i don't know what you would call it but basically there's a structure that every character has to have where it's like ren is always this high compared to stimpy that kind of stuff mm-hmm. um he stressed that he, he would always stress asymmetry mm-hmm. so like he didn't want any of the characters to be the same on either side so that's why when you see them it's like one character always has his eye on top and one on the side like it always looks a little bit off oh i see what you're saying you yeah because yeah. like usually you want to look for that perfect symmetry yeah especially which, like yeah. nobody actually has yeah but, yeah I and mean, especially in animation it's all it's a very regimented like you know mickey mouse is like two circle like head and body is two circles Mm -hmm. and you know whatever where he he strictly wanted like no if you're gonna draw them it's like one eye has to be slightly off the ears on the side like he didn't want anything to be yeah everything about ren and stimpy seems to want to make you a little bit uncomfortable and to challenge you as a viewer yeah so some people respond to that and they appreciate that challenge of like you know the asymmetricalness of the visuals or like the <laughs> plot line yeah. or lack thereof of plot line or just the uh, humor was mean spirited so like every aspect of the show is meant to challenge you and if it challenges you and you don't like it then you're not the target audience <laughs> yeah from what i read also there was a lot of people that had a lot of problems with it just in terms of like there was a lot of 
um, subtext where like Ren and Stimpy were like a gay couple. Yeah. So like Ren was like sexually abusive to Stimpy. Like there would be innuendos like parents or whatever didn't appreciate the innuendos and stuff like that. And then in 2003, they actually attempted to like reboot it to reboot Ren. Yeah, it was on uh, Spike TV, I think, and it only aired like at midnight. No, oh, so and they, they really they took tried it to, like, to the next level. They, they made it a little, yeah, they made it a little bit more um, explicit, and it fucking tanked because I, I think that that's sort of like the spirit of it is like everything is sort of below the surface. Everything is like I think the the, the beauty of Ren and Stimpy is that like you don't really know why it makes you disturbed. Like you can say like oh this is weird mm-hmm. or like Ren's freakouts are are make you uncomfortable, but it's like there's always something like just below the surface that's like you know hmm I don't. Don't know why this makes me uncomfortable and like when they just kind of went all out with it it's like uh, it kind of takes it away which i think one of the voice actors on that show actually refused to be in the the remake and he said it would ruin his career so he's just like <laughs> he didn't even do it um and then years and years later what two years later uh, two years prior like ago two <laughs> two years ago edit here edit here two years ago <laughs> i'm not editing it out <laughs> You have to listen to all my own. Um, John K. Yeah. John K., the creator, was actually... Did you hear about this? He was no. accused of sexual misconduct by, like, two teenage girls. Oh, great. So he had, like, a 16-year-old girlfriend, and, like, he sent her art supplies, and he, like, groomed her and all this shit. So wow. He was, uh, Why did that not surprise me? So that happened, and that sucked. It's like, he's forever, like, marred for that, but... And then Bob Camp, who's, like, both our friends... We know he's not about. my friend. He was on Jose Feliciano the whole time, acting like he didn't know, he didn't see... Uh-huh. He's still out here at Comic Con signing things, uh, drawing uh, the thing that you didn't uh, pay for, doing all that kind of stuff. Okay, now, okay, I'm going to say my piece <laughs> because Bob Camp wronged my dear boyfriend, Damien. We went to, what was it? Big, Big Apple, Apple Con. Big Apple Con. 2018. 2018. The same year that it came out that John Kay. Had two 16-year-old girlfriends. There you go. The same year. So you should be on your best behavior. If you want to go to these conventions, you want to sell your art, you want to be on your best fucking behavior. This man was there with his wife. Bob Camp. Bob Camp. Not the... Not John Kay. We don't talk about him. (laughs) Even though we mentioned him like 80 times already. Bob Camp was at a table. Mm -hmm. And Damien was so excited that Bob Camp was there. I brought $300. $300. To pay Bob Camp. $300. Yeah. And to pay Bob Camp. He waited. He was nervous about it. He was nervous to approach him, but I like made what him happened? do it yeah. because I I'm a scared baby. I don't like to do these things. But he was so like excited, what? so I wanted him to do it. So well, he went up to this guy. Well, what happened was he was still like in the middle. I guess he was late or something. So he was still in the middle of like getting his table ready. That's not your getting fault. his booth. So he was like. The table didn't even have the little thing that hangs behind you to say, oh, no, guess what? Did. Bob Camp is here. I definitely no, didn't did. know. The little thing that hangs behind you that says, I'm Bob Camp, I definitely didn't see John K. rape a 16-year-old. Like, that little thing that hangs behind you. He didn't even, he didn't <laughs> even have that. He didn't even have that set up. No, he had a set up because there was some other nerd boy before you talking his head off. Yeah, he had, a super, he had a Super Mario head. You and that was the first... You tell that John Camp... Sorry, not John Camp. Bob Camp. John you could Camp. tell that Bob was already done with him but the guy kept talking to him damien was patiently waiting to request a originally drawn photo drawing drawn drawn drawing from bob camp a drawing he wanted an original illustration there you go there you go and so finally damien approaches him he you know gives him his little spiel i don't remember what exactly was said but this motherfucker this motherfucker bob camp goes to damien what do you want and Damien says, I want do it. what you want. Do what you want, but I want, because he'll include any character you want. I yeah. said, I want Powder Toast Man. He want Powder Toast Man. So With Damien said, artist choice, do what you want. But include, I just want a piece by you, original. But include Powder Toast Man. And also, here's my $300, Bob yeah. Camp. Here's my $300 that I brought to pay you. Exactly. So, I was not engaged in the conversation. So, I was looking at, you know, all the work that he had up, all these pre-drawn pre-printed pieces by him so i took notice of it damien did not because he was busy making a transaction and, and being extremely awkward and being extremely awkward oh, and also like peeing me, a little uh, bit probably mr. mr bob camp i just want to let you know that um but when i was growing up but women stimpy lot to me I'm okay really, so this story is going really on forever fan. we have to I'm close really, it i'm really a big fan and uh <laughs> if you could just draw something for me it'd be a big honor 
and uh, I, you're really great. And uh, also, right. here's my three hundred dollars. Okay, Damien. All right, so I'll tell the rest of the story. So. We go on about our business. Remember his wife had a band-aid on her forehead for no reason? No, I did not remember You don't remember that? that? No. All right, so I'm going to finish the story. We walked around for hours. We, we left the convention. We went to eat. We came back. We still walked around. We made purchases. We nerded out. It was fun. So it's almost an hour before closing. Let me stop you right there, Jacqueline. Uh, <clears throat> he told me... Let me just get my flip-flops on. I'm sorry. Oh, my God, Damien. Why can't I tell the story? Because you're telling it wrong. He told me, okay, come back in an hour. We gave him five hours. I paid for a a, a grayscale painting. Uh, I'm sorry. See, now you have me doing it. A a grayscale illustration. Yes. So it's It's black ink. Pen and paper. Pen and and paper. Yeah. Those are the prime materials of a drawing. (laughs) So he, he told said, you to come back he in an said, hour. He said, come back in an hour. We gave him like I came five back hours. In, no, I went back three times. You did? Him? I went back to him three times. No, we went back to him twice. We went back to him after we came back from lunch. Right. He said he still wasn't done. And then we waited. And he was like, huh, I mean, huh, I, I, I was eating lunch. I didn't even get to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and this was like four o'clock. It was and the, thing, the convention was going to close at like six. We went back three times because one of the times I went back, he was entertaining convention hoes. Convention He hose. had a flock of little baby hoes. Okay. All right. So three With times the... that I did not realize. Yeah. And we went back like an hour before closing. He still wasn't done. And so we still had to wait. I had to go in after they had closed. Yeah. They almost didn't let me in. Yeah, which, oh my God. And Bob Camp almost made away with my $300. Yeah. And so Damien picks up the drawing. And I don't think I went up with you that time. I think I waited for you to come back down. Yeah, they only let me in. And he shows me the drawing. I was and disappointed is... right away, by the way. Oh, I didn't know that. Because when he gave it to me, there was no powder toast man in it. But I was like... He didn't let me finish. All right, so spoiler alert. There's edit, no edit powder here. toast man. Edit here. No, we're not editing. So there was no powder toast man. And I was originally perturbed because i saw it and i immediately knew that i had seen the drawing before and it was definitely like one of his already it's a go-to it, it was a it, go-to he just him. looked at a print that was on the wall on his little wall for 20 dollars, and he just redrew it he just redrew it for damien he didn't even add powder toast now which was his only request and he charged me 300 he charged him 300 dollars and I didn't say anything to Damien at first, but then when we were on the train ride home, I had to speak my mind because Bob Camp ruined... My whole life. He ruined his whole my life. My whole life. He ruined three lives that day. He ruined my life for not charging me $300 and not giving me the powder toast man drawing that I wanted. And then he also ruined uh, the three the, the lives of those two girls that oh my God, got raped by it's John Kay and he no, didn't say anything. Funny. He didn't say anything. That's not funny. So three lives were ruined that day. Count them. My life was also ruined. And your life was also ruined. So I had to be the bearer of bad news that he well, dipped you and okay. just redrew it already done. So you could have saved, I'm bad at math, but you could have saved $280 if you would have just bought one of his pre-done prints and had him sign it. Well, the thing is, at the time, I, I was a little bit disappointed that he didn't draw what I asked him to draw, but I was, dis- I was like, oh, well, at least I have a drawing by Bob Camp. I didn't know it was like this thing that he kind of just like shit out you and, know? He looked- and he definitely did shit it out because when i went up the second time he was like oh i'm starting it now and he started like doing like why like he was like you know yeah oh, and, I'm, and it I'm, wasn't I'm, even- i just started on it right now and like he just started like doodling in front of me and for that price point there's no way that you're gonna tell me that he had 20 different people waiting on anything so he was just bullshitting he was just entertaining he probably high hoes. as fuck and that's why we don't can you imagine if maybe that's why like he was high I don't and like care, his but wife, there. let me the the, the bandaid oh that the wife has on his forehead. It's uh-huh. like she secretes something like some type of mystical vapor, and he just sucks on her forehead to get high, and that's why she had it on that that day. And that's just why he kept like whatever you know he was in this altered state that didn't. Your allow imagination him. knows no bounds, Damien. That's probably and what it was. that's why I love you. I'm but also, we probably have to start wrapping things up. I still have more notes, though. You still have more notes? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. 30. I'm sorry. I'm 31 year old. Okay. I'm 30. I'm 31 year old. <laughs> I got... I got... You got chills? They're multiplying? 
Yeah. Are you losing I, I control? Don't, I don't know where. Oh, here it is. How, how many Are you song done? lyrics can I do before? Um, I don't know any get, of those songs. I don't listen to that. We get like a copyright I, lawsuit or I've something. I've never listened to the Hamilton uh, soundtrack. That is once. definitely from Greece. Oh my god! What? Okay. Who are you? So another thing that everybody should uh, be clued in on: big influence. Uh, I highly recommend a hmm. new X Men written by Grant Morrison, featured artwork by Frank Quietly. And uh, others, but Frank, the, the issues with Frank Quietly's artwork are what I think are the pinnacle of comics. Since we've got to wrap this up, I, I'm, I'm trying to bang. We this don't out. have to wrap it up. We can always. The beauty about this first episode is that all the things that we mentioned here, we can do some in-depth episodes on all of them. We can do an in-depth episode on Sailor Moon, Giver, Ninja Turtles, New Mutants. Okay. I'm talking into my phone like it's the microphone of the yeah. computer. Yeah. Uh-huh. Also, Damien's been drawing this done? whole time that we've been podcasting, so maybe on our Instagram we'll like Nobody feature all of this. his doodles cuz I feel like every episode you're going to have like this Nobody wants doodles. to see this. No, I think that the people want to see it. I have uh It's titles. all part of our process. I have notes written for descriptions of the titles. Yeah, but then you have these fun little doodles. I think we're we're going to include it. I don't care what you say. We have to take this out. We'll block it out. Beauty of uh, beauty of editing. Right so, so we're you, not gonna talk about. New we can X-Men? we can talk about new X Men. We, can, if we you're, don't have to. to we'll talk be, about it. We'll talk to about be it honest, um, I had X-Men. wanted to talk about X Men as one of my go tos for what? because I was obsessed with the for the show X Men animated series when I was young. You gonna talk about it right now? No, that, I feel like because if we, I can't talk about new X Men, you can't talk about X Men. Exactly. So nobody talks about X Men. No mutants here. Only mutant babies. Uh, new X Men ran from two thousand one to two thousand four. I'm gonna edit this out. Don't. <laughs> okay, fine. I think we did well. I think you think so. We've either scared a few people away, or we've need to, intrigued need a couple to, people. I need to get better. We're gonna get better. This is only gonna go up from here. Our sound quality eventually will get better. Yeah. Um. I hope so. We'll stop saying um and like a lot. Hopefully. I mean, that's what makes it real. Yeah. Raw. Raw. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Talking some trash with us. Um, cause we are the trash bin kids and follow us. OGs. on Inst- You can follow us on Insta- In- Instagram, 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 uh, follow us on Instagram. on Instagram at trash bin kids. You can- and if you'd like to follow us individually and see all of Damien's amazing artwork, you can follow him at, at Damien Rivera. That's D A M I A N R I V E R A. Yeah. All one word. Hire me. I take commissions. I'm unemployed. Please give me money. I love you. He's unemployed because of the pandemic, which is another episode, I think, that we'll discuss. Yeah. More like. And then if you want to follow me, I don't post a lot of things, um, but I do post like outfits and makeup looks. Um, (laughs) And my dogs. My dogs are a big part of it. Um, I'm at uh, Jackie versus World. I'm at Jackie, J A C K I E, V as in Victor, S as in Sam, World. And that's me. All right. So thank you. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Adios. Sayonara. And all those other goodbye words. Love you. Ciao. Bye. Ciao, ciao. Thank you.